Uh, excuse me, are we on? Oh, I think so. Thank you. Hello, it's Paul. It's Nessa. It's Paul and Nessa's Happy Hour. A sketch comedy podcast with that nonsense. Now available on podcast platforms everywhere. The all-time best sketches of the whole year featuring artists such as Paul, Nessa and some other people. Now that's what I call the best of Paul and Nessa's Happy Hour Series 1. Episode 20. <laughs> Excuse me, why did you ban my son from the swimming baths? Yeah, we caught him weeing in the pool, madam. Oh, come on. Every kid wees in the swimming pool. Yeah, he was doing it from the diving board. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Paul Lesser's Happy Hour, episode 20. And this is our best of episode. We've got a best of episode. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, yeah. A compilation of sketches from the whole of series one, yes. first released in 2020. 2020, yeah, 2020. Bravo, 2020. Bravo, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it certainly is. Uh, it's probably the one that's going to become known as the coronavirus series, I would imagine. <laughs> Why? <laughs> is that because everybody's sick to fucking death of it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's no cure. There's no vaccine. Oh, there is a vaccine now. Earplugs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're doing ourselves down here, and it's the only introduction. Well, I think we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> right, come on, let's get on with it anyway. Yes. Uh, yeah, so we have got, uh, he says, looking back at his piece of paper, mm-hmm. a bumper collection of all our favourite sketches from this series. We've shoved them all together back to back. Plus, one new one in there, in the mix somewhere, Ooh. see if you can find it. It's the final episode of our comedy sci-fi series, Magala, leader of the Graspatrons. Dong, dong, dong. <laughs> I've always wanted to do that live. Dong, dong, dong. <laughs> Should we get on with the show? I dong, dong, dong. Get on with it. I've been trying to think. What's the name of that band? Pete Townsend was in it. The... Ow. The who? That's the trouble. I can't remember. The something. Who? That band. They did that pinball wizard song. Ow! What was it? The, um... The who? That's what I'm trying to think. The band. Lead singer was Richard Dorsey. Roger Daltrey. Who? Yes. No. Yes was Rick Wakeman. This was the... Who? Rick Wakeman. He was the keyboard player in Yes. But I'm trying to remember... The who? Exactly. I can't remember. It was... It was the something. Who? Oh, the band with Pete Townsend and Richard Dorsey. Yes. No, that was Rick Wakeman. I told you. Yes, but the band you're thinking of with Pete Townsend and Roger Daltrey is The Who. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to remember. It was the... the... No, the the was an 80s band formed by Matt Johnson. Who? Matt Johnson. No, the name of the band. It was The Who. No, it was The The. Matt Johnson formed it in the late 70s. Formed who? No, he didn't form The Who, he formed The The. Who? No, The. What? What? Who what? What? Who? What? You gonna eat that last pork scratching? Forsooth, tis time for the register. Richard Patterson? Yeah. Mary Reynolds? Yeah. William Shakespeare? Yeah. And Josephine Brown? Yeah. Right, I'm afraid the rest of the class won't be with us for the rest of the term. They've all died of the bubonic plague. Now, for your homework. Did you all write about something you did this weekend on your creative essay parchments? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good, right. Take out your creative essay parchments and let's hear them. Yours first, Reynolds. On Saturday afternoon, our father took us to a cockfight. He said his was the biggest and his friend with the purple nose and smelly breath laughed and looked at me funny. On Sunday, Mum died of the bubonic plague. Thank you, Reynolds. Most illustrative. Now, shall we have you next, Shakespeare? All right, that's enough. Carry on, boy. 
though scarcely had that orange fiery ball which half the time looks down upon this earth yet made itself quite visible at all our house had to activity given birth saturday was almost a vacation spent in the orchard near our sweet abode and how we laughed at the realization that we'd forgot to bring up the commode yea and that sunday was quite filled with joy when i and all my siblings made a play a play's the thing that we have for a toy and that toy played we with the play all day that might need a little rewrite and though we're poor twas happily ironic that no one died of plague that is bubonic all right you didn't know william that you're not supposed to get help with your homework yes sir mhm so that was all your own work was it yes really yes sir you wrote all of that yourself did you y- yes sir all of it didn't get anyone else to write it pass it off as your own work N- no sir i did it all myself he's lying sir i saw him copying chris marlow's maths homework last week i never did all right feech no one likes a snitch now look here shakespeare you can't go around copying other people's work stealing ideas from other people's stories and then saying you wrote it yourself but i did write it sir and one day i'm going to write lots and lots and lots and be a famous writer and then i'll show you i'll show you all quiet upstart crow right class enough of this on to your geography lesson did you all bring your atlases yes um we don't have an atlas sir but i did bring this instead ah excellent right we'll use shakespeare's globe today now this is the globe or the world where we live and all the world at this stage is 550 million men and women nearly layers of flat land mark exits and entrances to different shakespeare yes sir are you passing notes around the class no sir let me see that all the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players they have their exits and their entrances and one man in are you attempting to steal my geography lesson and pass it off as poetry boy no sir he is sir last week mr autolycus told us about the time he was on holiday and got pursued by a bear and william used it for a creative writing competition feech what did i tell you about being a snitch nobody likes one sir correct Right, William. I've had just about enough of this blatant copying. It's lines for you, lad. Oh, sir. Why is boy? Write this out a hundred times. Neither a borrower nor a lender be. That'll teach you to steal other people's intellectual property. Oh, that's a lovely pet cat you have. What's his name? Ben Hur. Oh, Ben Hur. That's an unusual name for a cat. Yeah. Well, he used to just be called Ben, and then he had little kittens. Yeah, just in a bit of pseudo cream wrapped in cling film. Sylvia, we're live. Oh. <clears throat> Welcome back. News just coming to us now. And we're hearing reports of a mass conflict breaking out in the Arabian Peninsula. It appears to be between the two factions engaged in the Yemeni civil war. We've managed to get one of our correspondents into the field, and I believe we can go over now, live to Jeremy Pipet. Jeremy, can you hear me? Hello, Sylvia. Ah, oh, Jeremy, you're in the field there. I am, Sylvia. Yes, I'm right in the field. And what can you see? Uh well, it's all quite peaceful at the moment. Uh, sun shining, a bit of a gentle breeze. Uh, there's a few cows over there. Uh, oh, ha, I just spotted a John Deere. Ah, oh, brilliant. My favorite tractor. I'm sorry, Jeremy. Did you say cows and tractors? That's right, Sylvia. Uh, there's also a ram and a sheep doing the naughty, but I, I didn't think you'd want me to mention that. <laughs> Jeremy, you're aware of the conflict breaking out in the Arabian Peninsula? Uh, yes, I have heard about that. And we sent you into the field to report, yes? Absolutely, and I'm surrounded by some of the finest dry stone walling I've ever seen. Yes. 
You've just gone to an actual field, haven't you? Just on the Hampshire border, yes. Jeremy Pipette there in Hampshire, and not the Arabian Peninsula. Coming up next, a review of the week's papers with Noel Edmonds and RuPaul. And now, another condensed Arthur Miller play, number four. Eh, doesn't St Peter's Wharf look spectacular today, Henny? Oh, yes. And look at all the ships on the River Weir. A view from the bridge. I've been trying to think, what's the name of that organisation? Tedros Adenom is the president. World Health. Who? Yeah, it does get called that. What does? Who? Sorry, who? Who gets called what? At the World Health Organisation. Gets called what? No, who? The World Health Organisation. Yeah. What? No, who? The World Health Organisation, that's the one with Tedros Adenon as president, right? Right. And it gets called what? Who? The World Health Organisation. Yeah, I know, and I'm saying it gets called who? Who? The World Health Organisation. I know, you told me. I'm just reiterating. What? No, who? Oh, who is Tedros Adenon? Yeah, I suppose you could say that. He's certainly the main face of it. No, I mean, who is he? No, 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 you'd say he is who. Yes, he is who? Yeah. Yes, he's who? Yeah. Who is he? No, he is who. Who is he, though? Who? Tedros Adenom. No, 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 he is who. Tedros Adenom is who. That's what I'm asking. Tedros Adenom is who? Absolutely. What? No, who? Who? What? Who? Who? What? Who? You're going to eat that last salt and vinegar chipstick? Hello and welcome to another edition of the groundbreaking art and culture programme Are You Looking at My Arts? And this week we have a world exclusive. At the turn of the 21st century a new, anonymous, guerrilla graffiti artist burst onto the scene. Known simply as Cranksy, the works of this artist would often appear overnight on walls and buildings around the country, appearing to pass social commentary on the state of the nation. Until this day, Cranksy's identity has remained a secret, but today we have been granted exclusive access to their studio, where we are going to reveal the true identity of Cranksy for the first time ever. So, uh, we're, we're just going into the studio here now, and, uh, uh, hello? Hello, Cranksy? Oh, hello. Come in, dear. Would you like a cup of tea? Oh, uh, no, no, uh, no, thank you. No, uh, we're here to meet and interview the guerrilla street artist, Cranksy. Uh, uh, is he here? Yes, dear. That's me. Uh, I'm sorry. It's me you've come to interview. Sorry, uh, you're Cranksy? Yes, dear. Why? Is there a problem? Oh, uh, no, well, oh, well, well, uh, no, I suppose not. No, uh... Well, it's just that, well, we were expecting some young urban street artist, you know, in a, in a scruffy jeans and a meet his murder t-shirt. Oh, and instead you got a wrinkly old bird in a twin set who regularly pisses her knickers. Uh, right. Come on, get on with the interview. I've got to go and throw rocks at the pigeons in the park this afternoon. Oh, uh, yeah, right, yeah, of course. Uh, well, uh, Cranksy, <laughs> you started in the early 2000s and your first piece of art appeared overnight on the wall at the foot of Big Ben. Yes, I was living under Westminster Bridge at the time, so I was able to walk to work. It was very handy. I see, yes. Uh, that image was a very simple one, a solitary soldier holding, well, not a machine gun, but a feather duster. What was behind that image? The wall of Big Ben was behind it, dear. 
That's how graffiti works. Uh, no, 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 no. I mean, you know, what was your thinking behind the image? What, what was the uh, the message? Oh, I'll see. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh, I mean, it struck a chord immediately. You know, was it uh, an anti-war slogan? Uh, a comment on Blair's weapons of mass destruction dossier? No, nothing like that, dear. What happened was I got me stencils mixed up. I hadn't realised I brought out my soldier stencil with me. I actually meant to bring out my stencil of Ken Dodd. Uh, uh, right, yeah, I see. Huh. Uh, well, uh, moving on to 2012, the year the UK hosted the Olympics, of course, and uh, you hit the headlines again when one of your creations appeared on the wall of the Olympic Stadium. The entire east-facing wall was covered in Technicolor projectile vomit, and uh, I wonder if you could uh, sort of finally reveal what material it was that you used for that creation, and, uh, well, how did you create the material? Oh, that was just real puke, dear. Uh, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, me, Doris, and Big Davy Twocox went out on the piss in Acne one night and we got absolutely shit-faced on Absinthe and Windeline. Brilliant night. If you look carefully, you could see the remnants of Davy Twocox doner kebab just under the air-conditioning extractor fan. Uh, fascinating, yes. Well, anyway, uh, fast forward to last year and your most famous mural yet. A tiny, naked baby reaching desperately to grasp at a huge wad of dollar bills being wafted provocatively by a character who is, well, clearly the President of the USA. And what was most amazing about this was that you managed to paint it on the front of Buckingham Palace in a mural that was probably 50 feet high. Yes, I had to borrow my window cleaner's ladder for that one. I'm still picking splinters out of me fanny. And what was your message behind that one? Uh, a comment on global capitalism? The rampant march of consumerism and an increasingly youth-orientated target marketing strategy by the huge conglomerates? Oh no, dear. Nothing like that. It was a protest that because of austerity, my pension has gone down by 76p a week, and yet the Queen still gets to sit at a gold piano eating roast swan. It's a tossing liberty. Well, Cranksy, uh, I, I think we'll leave it there. Thanks very much for inviting us into your studio. <laughs> Uh, next time on Are You Looking At My Arts, we'll be joined by Jermaine Lear, Bonnie Gear, and Rory Kinnear to discuss the unprecedented closing of all the theatres, resulting in a dramatic reduction in the production of overblown, self-inflated, middle-class wank, and asking, is that a good thing? And answering, inevitably, yes. I think I've pissed myself again. Goodbye. Thank you for seeing me, Doctor. It's my hands. They, they just keep shaking all the time. Yes, 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 I, I can see that. Uh, do, you, do you drink much? No, I spill most of it. Afternoon, George. Hello, Pat. I didn't see you there. You've caught me squeezing me plums again. Oh. Ha, ha, ha. You in this greenhouse. You're never out of here, are you? No, they'll have to carry me out of here in a wooden box, Pat. <laughs> I just popped round because this is for you. It was delivered to us by mistake. I'm sorry I opened it, but I can see it's official and I thought it was for me. I'm expecting the results back from me smear test. That's all right, Pat. No, it's my renewal forms for my Twilight Life insurance policy. I am in my late 50s after all, so I'm practically dead. And I don't want to leave my daughter, who lives 300 miles away and never comes to see me, with the stress of paying for my funeral now, do I? I've heard about that Twilight Life insurance. They're very good, aren't they? They are, Pat. You should consider them. They guarantee that there's no medical to undertake. Oh, so I don't have to worry about a strange doctor prodding me tits and sticking a finger up me bum. Exactly. But don't you have to keep paying into the policy until death, otherwise you don't get a penny back. Which means that you could end up paying them tens of thousands of pounds more than you can actually claim. 
Yes, but you do get a £10 gift card for Argos, so it all evens out, really. Well, I think I'll give them a ring right away. Smashing Pat. In the meantime, why don't you take this basket with you? I've got more than enough in here, as you can see. <laughs> oh, thank you, George. I do love a good nibble on your plums. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh dear. All right, pet. Pardon? I'm not seen you around here before, have I? Where am I? Can I get you a drink? No, thank you. The last time I drank something, all kinds of peculiar things happened to me. All right, fair enough. So, uh, what's your name, Bonnie Lass? My name is Alice. Ah, nice to meet you, Alice. I'm Jim. Where am I? What is this place? Why, you're in a pub, man, woman, man. Where do you think? Curiouser and curiouser. In a pub where? Uh, I think you've had enough, haven't you, pet? Just tell me where I am, won't you? All right, all right. Calm down, Alice. Uh, you're in Sunderland. Sunderland? Aye. Fucking Google Maps. Hello, I'm Frank Drillbit. And I'm Veronica Bleach. And this is Newspipe, the hard-hitting investigative show where we pick the scab of news until it bleeds all over its own socks. Tonight, the chicken. Just where was this road and why was the chicken compelled to cross it? We have exclusive access all areas access to exclusively reveal the full story and joining me here in the news pipe talkie room is the very chicken in question mrs chicken hello hello so tell us about this road crossing incident just how traumatic was it for you look can i just say this whole road crossing the road thing it's really been blown out of all proportion. I'm just a regular chicken wanting to go about my normal everyday business. You know, peck at some corn, do a few barks now and then. It's been rumoured that you were crossing the road to a chicken hut, no, perhaps. No, where you, no, no, no. You had at, all. at least one or two eggs in you Look, that. I really want to lay it on the line. Ah, is that why you were crossing the road? What? You crossed the road because you had an egg and you wanted to lay it on the line. What are you talking about, you idiot? No, look, it's perfectly simple. I'm a chicken and I was out for a walk. When you're out for a walk, you cross roads. I really don't know what all the fuss is about. Well, you have to admit, Mrs Chicken, it's rather a peculiar thing to have happened. No, it really isn't. I don't know how this whole thing got started, quite frankly, and I'm sick of hearing about it. There have been many reports since the event that there were other sightings on the road that day. A turkey, for example. A duck. A dinosaur was one report, although I think that may have been a hoax sighting. <sighs> Can you confirm any of these sightings? No. It makes it sound like a bloody field trip from the zoo. It was nothing more than a normal chicken out for a walk who crossed the road. That's it. Nothing more. Right. That's it. I'm off. Oh, just just uh, one more question, Mrs Chicken, please. Fine. Go on then. When you were crossing the road that day, is it in fact true that you had a dead monkey stapled to you? Walk off. Fascinating. Well, that's it for Newspipe this week. Join us next time when we'll be asking just who exactly is it that's there. Goodbye. I am Magala, leader of the Grass Patrons, your overlords. Silence in court, s'il vous plaît. Objection, my lord. Why am I here in a French court of law? I only came to Earth because the phones weren't working at my HQ, and I needed to declare war on you lot for being cheeky swines. The accused will mind his language. Ooh, pardon my French. But what happens as soon as I step out of my shuttlecraft? Am I welcomed with your famous hospitality? Oui. Yes, I get arrested. How rude. 
plus a change, alien scum. You are charged with murder. I haven't killed anyone. That's to say I've killed lots of people. But no one you French need to worry about yet. You killed a grass breton trooper on the steps of your French embassy. Oh, that. Look, I shot the trooper for being competent and gobby. I can do that. I'm lord of all grass patrons. Not on French soil, you are not. Saint Cyanide. This is all so unnecessary. Will you please just let me hand over this notice declaring war on you strange people and then get the hell out of here? My dinner will be waiting. Run the CCTV footage. Curses! You haven't heard the last of me. I think they have, sire. The line's been cut off. You've had that coming for a long time, Trooper. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. And best of all, you've died on the embassy steps. That's officially French land, so they have to do all of the paperwork. Ha <laughs> ha! I see. What a giveaway. But, ah, no. See that tray of Ferro Rocher in the background? They've been fiddled with by your naughty ambassador, replaced with sprouts and dog poo. Just tried to poison us? Yes, see? You're just as much at fault as I am. So let's call it quits, shall we? What happened to the Ferrero Rocher? I've had them sent to my wife, with your respects. Let's see what she's thought of them, shall we? Call Madame Mergala. Yes, what is it? Be quick, I need the love. Oh, boy. I see you don't have problems with your video phone line. We have, uh, how you say... A direct debit. Mergy Poos, is that you? Hello, dear. Diplomatic situation. I'm being tried for murder by a French court down on Earth. You are uh, Madame Graham Sunshine Mergala, first lady of the Graspaton Empire? Oh, we, Millard. Nice week, by the way. Merci. And do you know the accused? Yes. He's my cheating scumbag husband. Not helping, dearest. I see. And did you receive a tray of Ferrero Rocher from your cheating scumbag husband? Objection! No, but I had one from your charming ambassador. He just left after popping round to ask me to countersign payment on a huge consignment of your lovely soft cheeses. What? No! I'd instructed those to be returned to sender. I'm trying to declare war on the French if someone would only give me a chance, and boosting their economy doesn't help. And where was Ferrero Rocher? At Despy? Yes, they were lovely. And best of all, they count towards my five a day. <laughs> win, win. So no complaints then? Not from me. Anything else? That is everything. Merci and au revoir. Yep. Olive wire! See you when I see you, Mergy Poos. How long is he looking at, my lad? Well, this is strictly irregular, but I am thinking of sending him down for life. Plus a bit more for his potty mouth, what do you think? Yeah, probably for the best. Ciao! What? No, wife! Dearest, send the army to rescue me! Summon Cardinal Felsch! Please! <laughs> this is not a fair trial. What about... Liberty, Egality, Fraternity. Are you not happy to be judged by your own standards of despotism and brutal tyranny? Great Halmer's ghost! Of course not! Do I look like a fool? No. You look like a broccoli floret with water retention. My hands are supposed to be this big. Fear them, human! Fear them! Ouch, that hurt! Don't wave those things in my face, then. Take him away and lock him up. No! I warn you, this is war. I am Megala, leader of the Graspatrons, your overlords, an evil dictator of half the galaxy. You can't just imprison me! Damn. I've been trying to think. Bradley Walsh and Mandip Gill play the companions, but that character that that gapy mouth Jodie Whittaker plays, what's it called? Oh, Doctor It's Sub just the Doctor, alright? It's not Doctor Who. That's just the name of the show. The character is called The Doctor. 
It's been played by 13 actors on TV since 1963. William Hartnell, Patrick Troughton, John Pertwee, Tom Baker, Peter Davison, Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy, Paul McGann, Christopher Eccleston, David Tennant, Matt Smith, Peter Capaldi, Jodie Whittaker, as well as many others on radio and in film, and they've all been called The Doctor. Not Doctor Who, always The Doctor. Now shut up and drink your pint. You going to eat that last pickled onion? Hello, Violet. Oh, hello, Nora. You been waiting long? Just missed one. Oh, well, there'll be another one along in a minute. So how you been keeping? Oh, fair to middling, Vi, fair to middling. Oh, yeah? Yeah, varicose veins playing up again all this week. I've been in agony, Vi. Oh, the pain. Couldn't do me Rosemary Connolly on Tuesday. Oh, dear. Well, I've not been too well myself. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Had the old trouble with the circulation again. Gripping pains down both arms all week. Paralysed I was. Monday, I couldn't even operate the stunner. I was stuck on the landing all day and all night. Oh, dear Vi. Well, mind you, last week you wouldn't believe what happened to me. Friday it was. I'd just taken delivery of me meals on wheels when I got a horrendous pain in me chest. Lost all me breath, gripped with pain and terror. I was having a blooming heart attack. No! Yep. Same thing happened to me on Thursday. Oh, yeah, well, I hadn't finished, see, because uh, I was so debilitated that I lost control of my body, fainted, whacked me head on the corner of the antique Victorian tall boy and split me head open in three different places. Blood and bits of skull everywhere. Oh, Nora, poor you. Oh, no. Course, uh, I only just learnt how to walk again. Oh, really? Yes. I was on my way to the co-op last week to get a few bits in for me grandson and his girlfriend coming round. I took a leisurely walk across the common and someone had left two primed bear traps just lying around. Well, I didn't see them. No, not with my cataract in the left eye and the dry myopia in the right. Well... I stepped right into both of them. Oh! Took both my legs right off, Nora. Clean off? Oh, not clean, Nora. No, they were rusty old buggers, these bear traps. It was like a blind man had gone to town on my legs with a blunt chainsaw. Oh, the pain, Nora. It was unbearable. I laid there for three days, legless, screaming in agony I was. But... Your legs seem fine now, Violet. I mean, they're, well, they're sticking out of your skirt. Well, luckily, I was found by a passing leg surgeon on his way back to work. He stitched them back on there and then. Lucky. I was, Nora. Very lucky. I died for 96 hours last Wednesday. Stop breathing, turn blue, rigor mortis the lot. I died for a week last January. I died for three months last year. Buried in the ground and everything. It was only thanks to an air pocket in the coffin that I lived to tell the tale. Oh, well, look. Here's my bus coming. I'll see you later, Violet. Bye. Uh, oh, bye, Nora, love. What a two-faced, lying twat. That wrinkly old bitch is. There you are, sir. All round trim. That'll be £20, please. How much? £20? That's ridiculous. I mean, I'm practically bald as it is. Yeah, well, it costs more for a treasure hunt, doesn't it? Movies abridged for radio, number twenty three. She was a thief, she had on a skinny hat, 
in a foreign land to take life on earth the second birth and the man was his command don't push too far your dreams are china in your hands don't wish too hard because they come true and you can't help them you don't know what you might have set up on yourself singing in the rain to the news. I'm Fiona Taxi. After yet more dramatic 180 degree changes in policy by the government this week, the letter U has issued a statement saying it no longer is prepared to be associated with such actions. Up until now, the 21st letter of the alphabet has been happy to be the spokesletter for the innocent phrase U-turn. But because of the way the government has handled itself over recent months, it seems this is no longer the case. With more on the story in Cheltenham, where the alphabet is actually holding their annual conference at the moment, is our chief alphabet editor, Jim Sesame. Thank you, Fiona. Yes, uh, this broke earlier this morning when the letter U issued the statement in which it said it was categorically refusing anymore to allow itself to be used in the phrase U-turn because of, and I quote, those utterly ridiculous bollock bags of a cabinet that continue to insist on fucking up everything they get their grubby little hands on. Uh, there's been no comment from Downing Street yet, but, uh, but we are expecting that soon. Did the letter U say anything else? Well, it did suggest that the duties might be passed on to other letters, uh, if only temporarily, whilst U takes a sabbatical. Uh, it suggested the letter V, or, or even perhaps the letter C. Now, we're not sure whether... I'm the... sorry, Jim, I'm just going to interrupt you, because we're going over to the press room in the conference centre there, where the letter W is making a statement. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, uh, I, I just, I just want to read this uh, brief statement. Thank you. Yeah, settle down. Thank you. I, I just want to read a brief statement. Thank you. <clears throat> As leader of the Alphabet Union, I just want to distance myself from the comments made this morning by one of our members. Obviously, all letters have a role to play, lexicographically speaking, and uh, to speak out in this way without proper consultation first goes against our constitution. Ironically, it's paragraph U which states that rule. Now, a uh, full investigation will be launched, and uh, I can't really say anything further until then, uh, but I will say that, in line with distancing myself from this, I no longer wish to be known as W, and from now on will identify as Double V, which makes more sense anyway if you think about it. Thank you. There you go. That was letter W there. Sorry, Double V, I should say, making that statement. Jim. Well, very interesting there from the leader of the Alphabet Union. Of course, a very outspoken letter himself, as we know, and it's not the first time that, uh, that uh, it is uh, hinted at the concern held over the letter U. Now, I'm actually joined here now by the letter C. Uh, C, what do you make of U's suggestion that uh, you yourself be used in the phrase for a while? I, I suppose for it to become a C term. Absolutely not. It's ludicrous. I mean, apart from anything else, I've already got my hands full and I. I'm responsible for C-section and C-bomb. I can hardly take on a third row, can I? Do you think V will consider it? No way. <laughs> She's overused as it is already, being shorthand for the word very. She hasn't had an old day in years. I'm telling you, she's V-tired. Oh, I, I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, V gets royalties every time it's used, and she could do with the money at the moment. No, I tell you, 
You is a right cunt for what he's done today. Oh, I, I, I'm sorry there. Sorry about that, listeners, uh, for, for the dropping of that sea bomb. Ha <laughs> ha, hey, ka-ching. <laughs> Thanks, pal. Back to you, Fiona. Thank you, Jim. Jim says to me there at the annual Alphabet Conference in Cheltenham. Next, are bees becoming an endangered species? Uh, no, I don't think so, Fiona. I saw them about half an hour ago in the canteen. No, Jim, not the letter B, the buzzy B. Oh. Now then, Susanna. Yes, sir? This homework essay on your pet dog, it's word for word exactly the same as your brother's when I taught him last year. Can you explain that? (laughs) Of course, sir. (laughs) It's the same dog. Hello, Ward 7, Ward Sister speaking. Oh, hello. Could you tell me how Mr Arthur Jackson in bed 3 is doing, please? Ah, yes. Well, he had his operation last night. It was very successful. Oh, and he should be going home in a couple of days. Oh, that's good, thank you. Oh, uh, can I ask who's calling, please? Yes, it's Arthur Jackson in bed 3. You people tell us fuck all in here. Oh. Hello, I'm Evan McTackle, actor, Jedi and Unibond ambassador. But I'm here today to make an urgent appeal on behalf of a group of people living horrible lives. Through no fault of their own, often due to nothing more than an unfortunate accident of birth, hundreds of thousands of people are having to go through life today being a southerner. Many of them forced to live and work in London. This is Julie. She has to travel for six hours every day on a packed underground tube, with no fresh air, nowhere to sit, and the overwhelming stench of body odour catching at the back of her throat. I just want a chance to enjoy my own personal space, just for a few minutes, without licking a stranger's armpit or getting me arse felt up. Traumatised southern wankers have had to flee the capital with nothing but the clothes on their back and their needlessly oversized 4x4s, migrating their awful accents and their overinflated sense of superiority as far afield as Essex, Hertfordshire and even Swindon. This is Darren. <laughs> Darren's southernness has driven him to the brink of despair. <laughs> Oh, cold face and have a man's eye looking at all these ugly, depressing, horrible southern faces. Don't make me do it, mate. <sighs> no one should have to suffer the indignity of being a southerner. They don't know that their streets shouldn't smell of dog shit. They don't know that a pint of beer shouldn't cost ten pounds. Or that, for the price of their one-bed flat in Streatham, they could literally buy a castle up north. But you can help. Text Soft Southern Shite to 512296 to donate just £5, so Darren and others like him can enjoy a half of pissy lager after work. That's if he makes it that far and he hasn't thrown himself under the tube train before then. Please help. Thank you. Ah, oh, Mr. Williamson, time for another health checkup. Did you bring that sperm sample we needed? Oh, I'm sorry, Doc. I couldn't do it. Oh, dear. Well, not to worry. I mean, I, I tried. I really did. I tried my left hand, then my right hand. My wife tried with her left hand, then her right hand. Then with her mouth, first with her teeth in, then with her teeth out. Then she tried with her arm, then between her legs. We even asked the neighbour to give it a try. 
You asked your neighbour to help with your sperm sample. Yep, but it was no good, Doc. None of us could get the bloody lid off the sample jar. Welcome back to the final day of racing here at Burnmore. I'm Claire Alopecia. <laughs> horsey, horsey. In a moment, we're going to join Peter for commentary on the big race of the meeting, the 3,000 Guineas Adhesives Gold Cup. But first, I'm joined by trainer Sticky Henderson, OBE, and a former jockey, Tommy Stuck. Now then, gentlemen, there's been a lot of controversy recently around the sport of kings regarding the welfare of the horses, What's your thoughts on it all, Sticky? Yes, well, uh, I think it's uh, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, to suggest that we don't take care of our horses is just ludicrous. I, I mean, we, we treat them like family. For, for instance, I had a filly running in the last race, the Collagen Cup Chase, who is actually my wife. Your wife? Yes, and I look after her very well. I took her on a cruise around the Caribbean last month, and, and last night, before today's race, I made sure we had a lovely five-course meal at the hotel restaurant before taking her up to the room and giving her a damn good sing to. Ha ha ha! And she finished first! You mean in the race? No, I mean last night! <laughs> yes. Now, Tommy, what do you say to people who protest that these horses only have a short racing life, and after they're finished they go on to be used for other things which are... Well, let's say not very pleasant, and not befitting of a majestic animal such as a horse. Well, I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's right at all. We, we ride horses every day, you know. We, we, we know them, you know. We know them. We know them better than anyone else does, especially any of those bloody animal rights, tree-hugging, meet his murder, bloody unwashed student, protesting bloody bastard. And the trainers train them, and the breeders breed them, and we the jockeys ride them, and the flies just fly around the tails for a bit, which is a bit weird, but at least it gives a horse something to do with its tail, you know. And anyway, the point is, the horses know what they're getting into when they join the racing world, you know. I mean, they don't go into it with their blinkers on. Well, some do, but that's not the point. They have to, otherwise they just run around like headless chickens. And they're not chickens, they're horses, and they make good glue, and that's the point. And after all, we need to stick things to other things, don't we? Anyway, that's what I think. I gotta go now. I gotta go and sit in the sauna for three hours and get me weight down to five stone. Bye. Uh, right. Thank you, Tommy. There you go. Two very opinionated views from people at the top of the racing game. But now, it's time to go over to Peter for full commentary of the race. Thank you, Claire. And... They're off. They race away. And no more nails, Mr. Completely. He's got stuck in the gate there. Good start towards the inside by Superglue. Also breaking well is Pritstick. Plenty of pace out wide by Polyvinyl Acetate. Also prominent right down the centre is Evo Stick. Between those two horses, Yuhu has also got a good sit. So too has Loctite. Through the first furlong and a half in the 3,000 Guineas Adhesives Gold Cup. And as they reach the first fence now, and over they go, it's super glue, closely followed by Pritstick, with Evo Stick just half a length behind. Oh! Bostick has fallen. Uh, runner and rider both look to be okay. Uh, Bostick is up and running again without a rider, but has come unstuck there. Meanwhile, into the third furlong now, and it's Yoohoo making a show of it up on the outside there, just behind Polyvinyl Acetate, who's closely chasing Evo Stick, chasing super glue, who's now just half a length behind Pritstick, with no more nails bringing up the rear. And as they approach the last fence now, the famous stickers style. And as they go over, it's super glue, followed by Pritt Stick, followed by Yoohoo, followed by Loctite, followed by Polyvinyl Acetate. No more nails starting to make a run of it now as he edges in front of Evo Stick. And they're all safely over this time in this 3,000 guineas adhesives gold cup. It's down towards the final furlong now. It's Superglue who's burst through for the trainer, Paul Stickles. Opens up by a couple of lengths in short time. Yoo-hoo is giving chase towards the inside with no more nails really starting to find something from somewhere as they go inside the final hundred yards. Up front, driven out. It's Superglue, half a length clear of Pritstick, closely followed by Yoo-hoo. And look at this. No more nails is racing down the outside. He's flying past polyvinyl acetate, past Yoo-hoo. It's Superglue and no more nails now, neck and neck. Right the way to the line, just a few yards to go. And it's No More Nails, who just gets a nose in front. No More Nails crosses the line. What a race. The most exciting Adhesives Gold Cup I can remember in a long time. And it's No More Nails who takes it. Followed by Superglue, followed by Pritstick, followed by Yoohoo, then Polyvinyl Acetate and Loctite with Evo Stick bringing up the rear. And it's back to you, Claire. 
Well, what a thrilling end to this meeting. The hotly contested 3,000 guineas adhesive gold cup and it's a win for no more nails. Ridden, of course, by Lester Stickett. That's it from me, Claire Alopecia, here at Bournemouth. Goodbye. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what a, what Stitch a... me sides back together. <laughs> Hilarious bunch of sketches that was. Hey, and what a year it's been. Hasn't the time just flown by? <laughs> we hope you've all enjoyed our stuff and nonsense. Yes. If you have, please help to spread the word by sharing us. Yes. Not, yeah, not, <laughs> don't share us. us. I mean, don't, don't spread us or share us. <laughs> Just download, subscribe and follow us on all the socials uh, at PN Happy Hour. Absolutely, yes. And Series 2 will be coming in the year 2021. Dong, dong, dong. <laughs> There's going to be more sketches, more stuff and nonsense, a bit of the same stuff, but a whole load more of different stuff as well, mm. which we're currently trying to rack our brains to come up with but it will be there <laughs> yes and the first episode of all that will be released on the 28th of january 2021 2021 <laughs> now there's a date for your diary yes it certainly is yes for your brand new diary that you get for christmas which hopefully with that the... fuck all in it next year <laughs> yeah, if it's yeah. anything like this year um now then don't forget of course our Christmas episode of this series, our final Christmas bumper episode, mm-hmm. and that's coming in two weeks' time. That's out on Christmas Eve, twenty oh. fourth of December. <laughs> I'm glad you've cleared that up. Twenty fourth Christmas Eve, twenty fourth of people know when Christmas is. <laughs> Christmas Eve, the twenty fourth <laughs> of December. Is it? Well, fuck me, I never knew that. <laughs> Some people might not know. Christmas Eve is on the 24th of December. You can't even say that. I can't speak. Should we put the last sketch on? Yeah, I think we should. <laughs> is the one? Is there, an, is there another best one? Movies abridged for radio. Number 39. Silence of the Lambs. You have been listening to Paul and Nessa's Happy Hour. Conceived, written and performed by Paul Dunn and Nessa Karen. Sketches were written by Paul Dunn and Nessa Karen. Megala was written by Tim Gambrell. It featured the additional voices of David Foster and Pef Soulsby. Incidental music was by Kevin MacLeod at incompetech.filmmusic.io. For additional credits, see previous episode releases. Ooh, that nice disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> the script editor was Paul Dunn. Happy Hour is a Crank Danville production. I thought you were going to say Happy Christmas then. Why would Christmas I say that? The Christmas episode? <laughs> oh, yeah. I know, I kept on wanting to do bells instead of dong, dong, dong. <laughs> and I kept thinking, it's not the Christmas episode, you look a dick. I think our music's long finished by now. Yeah. Do you think they'll just play us out? Yeah, I think I think they'll just fade us out gently while we just gibber in the corner Should together. Should we go to the pub? Should we go to the pub? Oh, the let's let's just go and open some beers out, out the fridge, shall we? Shall we? It's not even nine o'clock. Fuck it, I don't care. The sun's only been up an hour. <laughs> the sun's been up an hour, and I haven't got a drink yet.